Welcome to Purpose Without Limits, the show which strives weekly to empower you to reach your true potential, to help you understand how a simple shift in thinking can make success a reality, both professionally and personally. You'll learn about business etiquette intelligence and why a first impression is so crucial and the real rules of the game to help you outclass your competition. Your host, Dallas Teague Snyder, is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. For more, visit MakeYourBestImpression.com. The time to become your best self is today. Here's Dallas Teague Snyder. Well, hello, everybody. It's Dallas, and oh my goodness, I have missed you. Can I just say, it has been a little while since we've been together, and uh, just want to make sure that you know that we are coming to you once a month now. We were doing about once a week, but, you know, who has time to listen to something once a week? So I got a clue, and we have decided now we're going to bring you this amazing, amazing series with expert guests once a month. So make sure to mark your calendar to go back and check the website, and of course, if you didn't get it earlier, it is www www.purposewithoutlimits.com so uh, now you got your homework out of the way got your assignments so you're good to go well so what's been happening in your world lately uh, for those of you this is uh, just to give you an idea of what we're looking at here um, we are in mid-may and for those of you who've been paying attention to the weather you've probably heard about the devastating tornadoes that have happened in Alabama well you know I personally was not touched directly by the storm, but can I just tell you how frightening it was for me to sit there at our convention center downtown and see a tornado come right towards us. I mean, here I thought I was leaving my home to be safer, and we saw it pass right by us. So really, you know, nobody, nobody's discriminated against. I mean, this this storm could have hit anybody. And the reason I bring that up is because not only are we experiencing a devastating loss here, in central Alabama, but we have things happening like right now uh, in the Mississippi, in Louisiana. Uh, what about what happened in Japan recently? There are things that, that, that are out of our control that we can't do anything about, but what can we do? We have to think about how can we respond to that? That's really the question. And I can't think a better topic to be talking about this month than finding your upside. And that's what we're going to talk about today with our amazing, amazing, amazing guest, Miss Allison Blankenship. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to share with you, you know, I've got this amazing bio on her. And if I could just go over her credentialing, it would just, you know, you would go, oh, my goodness. Um, you, you know, what can I learn from her? Well, everything everything can i just tell you uh what what i really want to impress upon you is that when i met her she was speaking at the alabama speakers association and you know you know those people that you just see and you you hear them and you resonate with them and you're just drawn to them you know those kind of folks that just you know you like to be around well she's one of those people and i can say that i've enjoyed getting to know her and i'm excited to have her on the show today so uh, allison let me welcome you um thanks so much for coming Dallas, thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for your kind words. Oh, well, you know, I don't say anything I don't believe, so please know there's amazing truth in all of that. So I just, um, you, you are just as precious and so energetic. You know, people say I'm the energetic energetic buddy, but bunny, but I'm like, no, no, no. I think Allison beats me in that category. 
No, I think I think we're on a pretty same level there. <laughs> well, maybe that's why I just think you're so amazing. I don't know. Maybe I see a reflection of myself or something. I don't know. But uh, but anyway, I'm thrilled to have you. And, and please share with our audience. I know you have offices in Florida as well as here in Alabama. So tell us a little bit about you and how how that's kind of transpired. You know, usually people are by coastal, not by you know neighboring states. So. Well, that's what I like to tell people. I'm by statal, and they. <laughs> <laughs> kind of look at you funny, but it's the truth. We have lived in Naples, Florida as full-time residents for almost 20 years, and the last few years we bought a second home in Birmingham to be closer to my parents, who are in their later 70s, and we're kind of doing the elder care aging thing. That's one of the, that's one of the uh, zigzags in my life that uh, actually was part of the reason I wanted to write the book with my friend Bonnie. Oh, really? Yeah, we're, a lot of us are experiencing that now, and I think I mentioned to you earlier that I just lost a very dear friend of mine, and in fact, she passed away so recent, so sh- it was shocking um, in, in her early 60s. You know, people are living so much longer now, um, but these things can happen at any time, but we're all facing this, aren't we? Um, now, you know, these our, our parents going getting older or having to find long-term care or, or us you know, providing that for them, that's truly a place that we're finding ourselves in, even if, um, you know, they've had help all the way through their life. Well, we were joking, my husband and I were, that we had just gotten our last child out of her master's education, and here come mom and dad. So <laughs> <laughs> we're still not alone, but, right, but right. we do enjoy we do enjoy their, our time together. And you're so right, Dallas, in that our, our, our entire world is going through if I can say, just a period in history that has never, ever happened before. I mean, the rate of change, mm. the, um, the, the opportunities that are there, and yet the, the flip side of that, what we tend to, to sometimes anchor onto, are those losses that you mentioned in your opening. And um, that's, you know, a little bit about the book. It's called Upside, How right. to Zig When Life Zags. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you and I both have had a lot of zigzags. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to say like this, when, you know, once you've done time. Yes. Yeah. And we have done time together. Mm-hmm. And so let me clarify for our audience. Uh, Allison and I both worked in the hospitality industry in hotels. And I believe if you can work in a hotel, you can be in sales and marketing or PR in a hotel, and you can survive and come out with clarity and not go insane. You can do anything, I truly believe. It is, it is a great training ground because it <laughs> constantly changed day in, day out. You know, it's always a, a, a new arrival, a new guest, a new menu, a new opportunity. So I think you're right. right. It's a great training ground. That's right. That's right. So, well, this, yeah, absolutely. And I love the title of this book, Upside, How to Zig When Life Zags. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. What is an upside? Well, an upside basically is there's always a positive outcome after all the emotion and all the turmoil settles. In my life, I've always found that there was a benefit or something good that came from that that loss or that suffering or that oh. disappointment, if you will. Oh, yeah. And for me, I, you know, Dallas, I don't think we've talked about this, but when I was 20, I was at, you know, I was in, it was in Auburn and in school and really and truly getting, uh, getting a degree, but what I really wanted out of my life was to be a mom to four kids. That was always my secret goal. And oh. I came along during the era where, you know, women were really breaking loose and the skies were the limit, and we could do anything we wanted to, and it was great. And then I found out at 20 years old that my body would never be able to have children. Mm. And, you know, people always say, well, gosh, you've had cancer, you've been on welfare, you know, weren't those big turning points? For me, it really wasn't. For me, it was, it was 
losing that dream of mm. what I had always, always wanted. And that sounds really simple, but it was devastating for me. I, I cried for three years, and finally my family said, you're going to have to move forward with this. Yes. So yes. for me, the benefit, the upside, if you will, this is when I really started to see, okay, what could be the positive? What could be the, the, the one thing that, you know, would, that would make this work for me? Well, I realized, do you know how many divorced men are out there with children? Uh, yeah, a yeah. lot. <laughs> Dating queen, can you say it? You know? Yeah, exactly. Successful career woman, didn't have to be hampered down by any responsibilities, could, you know, date all different types of men. So, it, you know, that's for me, that's my earliest recollection of an upside, that, wow. that conscious upside, that I'm going to take this loss, this disappointment, and I'm going to make it work in my life and not let it hold me back. Right, right. And, and and I I have an experience like that, not exactly the same, but losing my mother at such a young age to mental illness, um, you know, and it was in my early 20s. And again, deciding that, you know, my life did not have to be uh, what was set out for me, but yet I could decide what I wanted my life to be like. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it is a choice, isn't it? It's a decision. It's absolutely a choice, and it, it's absolutely decisions. And what, what concerns me now is I think we're, we're losing the skills that it takes to make those types of choices and those decisions. We've, I don't know, I don't know really and truly what's evolved. I, I just realized that people are losing some of the, as I said, the skill development to make choices that is what Bonnie and I call is our, you know, for sustainable happiness. We, we don't want you to make a decision that's going to make you happy for like a, a week or a month. We mm -hmm. want you to make a decision that's going to impact you for many years to come that you'll be happy with and you can feel good about. Oh, yeah. You know, I, there's, in fact, there's something going on right now with some people that I know. And, you know, anytime somebody approaches you with something, you really have to think about the long-term ramifications, you know. You know, if I make a decision, what I do today is going to affect tomorrow and be, be thinking about that because these things do add up and they do have cumulative effect on our life. And, you know, oftentimes we don't think about that, do we? No, we don't. And, and you know, just, uh, hey, I, I'm, I'm in here with the rest of them, so please don't believe that I, I don't have these tendencies myself. I do, which is, you know, again, why I wrote the book, <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted to be better at it. Exactly. Um, but, you know, we've become such an instant gratification society. And, and I think about my, my oldest child, who is 26, and he's very frustrated. He works at a job for three months and wants to be manager. And, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't mm -hmm. understand. Now he's been there a year and a half, and he's he's looking for another job because they haven't made him manager. And I said, well, you know, there's more involved than you just showing up. So, um, and it's not. It's, and I'm not picking on young people because I see it. You know, as I mentioned with my aging parents, I'm having the conversation with one of my parents right now who is not feeling well. Mm. And I said, what if this is as good as it gets? Yeah. How are you prepared to live? the rest of your life and so those are the kind of decisions that we're facing um some very small some really big yeah and you know there's something you mentioned earlier when we were talking you talked about the loss of a dream and you know so oftentimes we've got to find that thing that helps us dream again mm -hmm. you know sometimes that thing that we you know oftentimes our life does not go as we expect it should and so we have these these expectations that don't get met, and so we just feel like that dream is is no longer available. Well, guess what? A new dream can take form, or the dream can take another shape. Oh, absolutely! Go a different direction. You're you're absolutely right. I, I call that um, 
uh, I call that finding your inner frog, you know, going mm-hmm. forward, leaping forward. Leaping yes. forward, I love that. <laughs> and, and, and I think a lot of people are not listening to their inner frog or they're just determined that it must be this one way, and if it doesn't work out that way, then they give up on the entire project. So, oh. you know, it goes back to um, dreaming, and I, and I love your concept of, of finding a different dream or letting the dream evolve. One of the, one of the chapters we actually write about in, in the book is rewriting the American dream. Right. You call it rewrite the rules, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so is that what it's referring to? That's absolutely right. If you don't like what, that's what's so great about our society right now. I mean, it's changing so quickly. If you don't like what's right in front of you, you can rewrite it. Mm-hmm. You can recreate it. Within, you know, within certain parameters. Well, sure, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not breaking any laws right. and getting arrested in the process. <laughs> but it really is about getting in touch with what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's one of the other areas that we really push in the book is, is getting back in touch with your core values. And I have to tell you, Dallas, I mean, you and I speak professionally. We train in, you know, high levels. And, and yet when, when my uh, writing partner, Bonnie Michaels, said to me, well, you know, we really need to get in touch with your core values. I said, Bonnie, help me out here. <laughs> I don't know that I know what a core value is. Mm. You hear it so often. Right. What is it really? And, and um, it's fascinating because since she enlightened me, when something does not feel right, Mm-hmm. Like the bike class I was telling you about that I was in tonight. Oh, yeah, we were talking about our <laughs> zigzagging and exercise. Yes. And, yes, keeping ourselves healthy, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, usually, that activity or that decision is not meeting a core value. Ah. So let's, let's talk about just a core value for, for a second. Core values are your life beliefs that are really important to you. Mm-hmm. These are the principles. Um, the factors that you run your life on. And I'll give you an example because growing up in Huntsville, Alabama, we were raised on the golden rule. Right. And it was totally important to treat others as you would want to be treated by them. That's a big core value for me. Right. So if I'm at a service establishment, um, I remember years ago trying to buy appliances for a new house, Mm -hmm. and I finally had to lean over to the salesperson and I said, I'm trying to spend a lot of money with you. <laughs> you need to be nice to me. Really, it would behoove you to be nice, yes. <laughs> and he looked so shocked, and I mm. said, you know, you're not being respectful in your tone of voice. And I think this man's face fell off. He's probably never been addressed that way by his customer, but he was not treating me with respect. Mm. So, you know, those, that pops up a lot for me. Now, as far as the spin class was concerned... I don't know. I don't <laughs> like it. I'm sorry to all my cycling friends out there. Yeah, well, that's okay. You know, we each have our own uh, our, our own core value when it comes to the exercise we like, right? Yes. <laughs> I know my husband, we uh, we joined this gym, and the goal was for us to work out together. And uh, he, he basically told me, this has been a year, and, you know, my whole point was for him to, for us to do this together. Because I can do the classes and go to the step classes and, like, the Zumba class, Zumba classes and, you know, these types of things. I like, you know, and he's really doesn't like group exercise. You know, mm-hmm. he's like your mountain bike rider and 
that sort of thing. But he finally admitted to me, I said, when are you going to start going to this, to the gym? Cause you know, we were doing that together. Mm-hmm. Supposedly you can't see my hands, but I'm doing the quote sign together. <laughs> <laughs> and he finally said, it's like watching paint dry on a wall. I really hate it. And I went, well, why didn't you tell me that? Let's cancel that. Cause it really bothers me to have money going out for something we're not using. Okay. So there's two great examples of your values. You know, he just, it was not a, it was not a value for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he was, he was trying to do that to, which is lovely and trying to, you know, to meet your needs. And at the same time, you know, your belief is, Hey, if it's, if, if it's not going to work, let's not waste money on it. Oh, absolutely. And I told him, I said, we got home. I said, because yeah. twice I've tried to call and he'll say, well, I'm going to start next week. And I said, he's, why is it so important to you? It's, you're not paying for it. I said, but it doesn't matter. That's waste. And that's probably, like you said, a core value mm-hmm. that I don't want to buy multiple things. If we can't find it, that doesn't mean we need to purchase another one. We right. need to find it. It needs to have a place, a home, so we can find it. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I don't like to buy extra chargers because we have one and we can't find it. You know, there's just, again, it's that waste thing. And I'm sure it's because I grew up not having much. And exactly. So, um, but, again, I don't think it's a bad core value to have, and I, I have to put it in check. However. And, and you know, here, here's what we have to say. Your core values are your core values. And, you know, there's, there's no one here to judge that. These are the principles that you've chosen for your lifestyle. And I think, again, um, when we lose touch with those, I know from personal experience, that's when I become very dissatisfied with my life, mm-hmm. is when I lose touch with what's really, really important. And going back to the tornadoes that, and the tsunami in Japan and Alabama, oh, yeah. um, wow, I mean, it's so overwhelming. And these people cut to the quick real fast what's important oh my goodness i mean really and truly mm. did you read the story about the poultry farmer in north alabama no i didn't he, read that he's 67 he lost everything oh. they, they, they had a picture of him dallas and there was the man was literally standing in a dirt field there was nothing there was some litter that was it mm. he'd lost all of his chickens his farmhouse his barn all of his equipment his car everything wow and you know you look at that and you go what would I do? Well, that's when you, that's, that's where these core values really come into play because you have to sit down and start thinking, you know, what's important to me? Where do I want to go next? How can I, you know, what do I want to do that will put me in this place of sustainable happiness? Well, and you know, it even goes back to, like you said, when you are the person that's where that farmer is, or if you're even trying to say as someone who is, you know, all of us in this area are secondary victims, because again, even though we weren't directly affected, we see it on the news, we feel this empathy, um, there's this this uh, pouring out of neighbors, but we're seeing the best and the worst in people, aren't we? We are seeing people that are, you know, going out of their way, you know, and the monies that are being donated and so forth, and people coming out in droves to volunteer right Mm -hmm. and then we see people that are that are driving from out of state to come loot people who have been devastated i I, you know that just is beyond my comprehension oh I guess, yeah. again, that goes back to my value that you don't take from someone who has nothing. Well, exactly. And, you know, another point to that, and again, it, it all goes into these values. My husband and I, we were saying, you know, there's there's so much excitement right now and, and desire to volunteer and help, but yet they're still organizing. But mm-hmm. this recovery is going to go on for a long time. It will take many, many years. Right. And that's one of the things that's impressed me is the the, the heart Oh. that people have shown, you know, the goodness that they've shown, even in the worst of times, as you said, people being their best oh. when they have lost 
everything. You know, or, or, and going back to, there was a lady uh, that I'm in a Bible study with, and she said she was in um, the uh, Prattville area, Mm -hmm. um, and her sister's house, it was amazing, she drove down the street in five houses, her sister's house and five around were okay, the rest were demolished. And she was walking through the area and asked a lady if I can help her. And she said, you know, you you know, do you need anything? She said, you know, just pray for us. We are so blessed. You know, and this is a person who's lost their home. Wow. And she and and my friend that's in the, the Bible study, she said, my goodness, you know, this lady gave me so much faith. Because here in a time of tragedy, she sees how blessed she she is that she's alive, you know, when it comes down to, wow, I'm living. And that is a perfect example of somebody who lives in the upside. Mm -hmm. You know, when bad things happen, when, again, those losses, those disappointments, those setbacks occur, we look, you know, you just look at it and you think, okay, um, we are blessed. Uh, Okay, there is something good that's going to be um, revealed to me when the time is right. There will be something that comes out of this catastrophe for us. Yeah, and what 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 a, what a joy that she gave your friend so much faith. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Something that you talk about and in the book is that not known is your new normal. So talk a little bit about that. I'm what so do you glad mean? you brought that up. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's my big thing. And you know, it's really funny when I talk to people about this book. Uh, particularly, I'm going to say people, maybe people over forty. They look at me, and they're, you can just see it across their face. They're like, I've already, I've already had that book happen in my life. In other words, uh, I, I met a woman the other night at a networking event, lovely, lovely lady, has a six-year-old little girl, and then she starts talk, I told her about the book, and she said, oh, my gosh, you've just never met anybody who's had so many zigzags. And both she and her husband had heart attacks in their 30s. Mm-hmm. He had a stroke. I mean, she just went through this whole laundry list. And she's like, I'm so glad I'm over that. And I just looked at her, and I thought, Wow. You are totally in denial. Oh, my gosh, because, yeah, it's around the corner again. <laughs> yes, and I think that's the biggest scare that I see when I, when I look at or when I'm working with clients, friends and neighbors, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people look at that and say, oh, I'm so glad, you know, or in other words, I've had my big zigzag. Oh, no, yeah. And now I'm okay, and I'm like, uh-oh. Oh. So that's what we mean about the not, um, the not known being the new normal. Oh, yeah. I'll give you a little history on that for our listeners. Um. There's a difference between the not known and the unknown. So let me explain that. Oh, yeah, please do. In my experience, a not known is usually an opportunity. Mm. A not known is something that's under development. It's, It's in process. It's on the way. We just don't know about it yet. And some great examples of not knowns, if you're, if you had told your grandparents when they were our age, um, Grandma, you're going to be able to stick a card in a wall and it's going to give you money. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're going to be able to talk into this little box and they can hear you in China. Right. You know, people would have thought ATMs and cell phones to our grandparents and their parents' worlds were, that was just, you know, nonsense. Oh, yes, or a record player was going to be obsolete. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, they actually said that automobiles were just a passing fancy. They were a fluke that you could never replace the horse and buggy. Right. So, you know, those are some of the things. Now, most of the, uh, not most, but a lot of the not knowns happen in our life because of technology. You know, technology is exploding so much and it's creating all kinds of new events and things and opportunities. Right. An unknown, on the other hand, is a mystery. An unknown is something that cannot be proven. Um, more than likely, we'll never know in our lifetime. Right. And the one I always use, of course, with people, I'll say, well, is there life after death? I certainly hope so. <laughs> I'm planning on it. Right, right. But by the time you know, 
it's a little late to come back and share that with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless you have a unless you have a near uh, death experience, you can come back and tell people. But yeah, and even then, people won't believe you. That's so. right. That's right. So, so you know what 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 we see is. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know, we're just going through this unprecedented amount of change. And people don't like change. Change can be really scary, and that's because they see change as that unknown. And what we want people to do is realize that, no, 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 you're going to have an answer. It's going to come to you. We have to be a little bit patient. Well, you're exactly right. And I think the key is, in anything, is flexibility and being able to, um, to operate in those situations. And I wonder sometimes for people like myself who had to deal with that at such a young age, you know, change was, was happening every day in, in, you know, in my household mm-hmm. uh, from moment to moment to day to day from, you know, stepdad to stepdad to state to state. <laughs> but I say all that to say this is that I even find myself when there's not enough change getting uh, bored. Right. And so I think that's one of the things that people say, well, how can you do this, this and this? I'm like, you know what? That's normal for me. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really not about, you know, that I'm trying to balance these different things. It's really about they all come together. Together, but it gives me enough variety that I don't get bored. Right. Yeah. And so, so your your normal has been recreated to where change is really comfortable for you, and right. you're, you're one of the fortunate ones. For a lot of people, as we said, we you know we we go into companies and we work with individuals or speak to groups. We try to bring the idea that this change can be exciting if mm-hmm. you let it. The yeah. change can be full of opportunity if you let it. Right. Um that this is the way of the world. And for people that want to dig their heels in and say, I'm not changing, Mm. they're going to be really unhappy. Yeah, yeah, they are. And they're going to find themselves, um, find themselves uh, unhappy. They're going to find themselves um, really dying, if you will, inside the, the essence of them, the core of them, because they, they don't know how to just be flexible with life. You know, what I like to say is, you know, life can be a four-letter word. Mm, I love that. That's great. (laughs) It is a four-letter word, you know. But here's the other piece of that. So can hope, can it? Mm -hmm. You know, so this is what we're talking about, too. When you're talking about the upside, see, that's also hope. And, you know, being able to go forward and seeing the positive in that and seeing the opportunity. I think so much time, like you were saying, we can stay stuck in the negative, stuck in the disappointment of something mm-hmm. and not see what's on the other side. Like you were talking about the the opportunity or the thing that's in process. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, oftentimes we won't have the information. We won't have the tangible that we need. And this goes back to having faith, too, that that it will be revealed when the times are right. We we talk about flexibility a lot in the book, and we also call it flow. And this goes back to my dear friend, Dr. Kimberly Venice-Darks. Kimberly is hysterical, and she's just <laughs> one of the most amazing women and unique speakers that I've ever enjoyed. Mm. She she encourages people to, as, as Dr. Kim says, to hold on loosely. Ah, there's a song that says that too, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, <laughs> She, you know, it's it's about in the when you're in the flow, you're able to embrace new opportunities, versus as we talked about earlier, being so set on something has to have a particular outcome or it has to happen in this process. That's when you miss opportunities that are around you because you're so blinded. Um, by your expectations. Oh, that's the word I was thinking too. You know, we have so many expectations on how things should be. Oh my goodness! Yes. So we miss the joy of how things truly are. 
What would you say that again? That was wonderful. <laughs> I, do, can I remember it? That's the question. I'll have to go back and listen to the show. No, um, that we have we have such uh, high expectations on the way things should be. We we miss the joy of the way things are. Oh, that's so wise and so wise and and. I believe Eckhart Tolle calls that being in the moment, oh, being yes. present, yes. You know, really allowing that. So you're right, this flexibility has become more and more important as, as, as our world continues to change. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. can't afford emotionally or physically or financially to be so rigid. And um, I think those are the people that are really, really unhappy. And you see this played out in personal stories. You see it played out in politics. Um, you just see it played out in a lot of places where people are angry. And I look at that and go, hmm, those are some expectations that probably need to be revisited, shall we? Well, you know, and this is interesting, too. We're talking about flexibility. And it's funny, isn't it? How we, you know, as we age and we supposedly find more wisdom and we have more life experiences um, and we need more flexibility, our body is also needing more flexibility, isn't it? And if we don't work on having more flexi- flexibility in our physical body, mm-hmm. a.k.a., uh, step class, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yoga, spinning, whatever we choose to do, stretching. Um, we're inflexible, but also if we don't do that from a spiritual and um, personal standpoint, we find ourselves both too tight, too rigid, too inflexible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's where, again, I think those disappointments and losses can, can start to overwhelm you because it's almost like everything starts falling down around yeah. you, literally. Yeah. And you don't know how to get back up. Well, so one of the things you talk about is creating your own crystal ball. So tell us a little bit about that, what that means. And, you know, I'd like to have my own crystal ball. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, again, it's, it's, um, it's really about becoming more aware of what's going on around you. Okay. Uh, starting to notice trends, starting to, to see patterns, looking beyond what's just happening in your life or your job or, you know, your um, interests. And venture out a little bit. See what other people's ideas are. Uh, read different newspapers. Visit different websites that you, you know, wouldn't normally go to. Read maybe an opposing idea from, an, from a, another person or, again, you know, um, another belief system. We ask you to do that because what we're starting to see when, when you do this, you start to pick up the pieces and the patterns. And I, I saw this happening, gosh, five years ago. The market was still very good, and we were, I guess we were right at the tail end before everything, you know, the world as we knew it came to an end. Right. Um, and I started to see or just feel it in a lot of my clients that, um, I, I don't know how to put it into words, but, but I knew that there was a shift. I knew that, that we couldn't continue to operate at the level we were operating at. And, and, and a big one for me was the real estate in Naples, Florida, where we live, mm. which is just crazy 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 and um and it's been it's been highlighted in the media as one of the most expensive places in the country to buy a home so when you're looking at naples florida you know people say oh i heard there's a lot of great foreclosures i'm like yeah if you've got two million dollars you can get quite the steal oh sure and then and then you know for the utilities (laughs) million instead of eight you know um and we knew, you know, my husband and I would look at it and we'd say, how can this keep continue? How can this keep going on? And so when you start looking around, we were able to actually reorganize and we sold our home before the bottom of the market fell out. Oh, what a blessing that was, yeah. Well, it was only because we just started to become 
more aware is the only word I can come up with. So in creating your own crystal ball, if there's, if there's a goal, if there's a, a direction, a decision that you want, you definitely have to get out there and research it and get beyond your own desires and beliefs. Again, you have to look at the pros and cons of where you're headed. And when you start putting those pieces together, it becomes very easy to, to almost predict how certain choices will lead you. Well, and you know, I've seen that in my own life as, as you know, uh, teaching business etiquette and doing leadership and things of that nature. And then also that ministry side that I have mm-hmm. on the power to say yes and, and speaking to women's groups and faith-based groups and having those kind of inspirational uh, platforms and formats. And truly, I can see opportunities start to open them, open up now as I'm working on you know, finishing my book, you know, a lot of times I believe we have to finish, if we get an inkling on something and we have feeling, we've got to finish it before, I don't want to be, you know, before the universe, if you will, or before, you know, the next thing is revealed, you know, it's very difficult for other, you know, you, if if you have an opportunity that's waiting, perhaps you have to do one more step before that actually reveals itself. Exactly, exactly. And, 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 Keeping your eyes wide open, I suppose, is another way to look at it instead sure. of looking at just your piece. Is, is if you aren't moving forward, and this is what I would say, if you're struggling with a goal or you're struggling with a decision, chances are you need some more information. Right. And it's going to come from beyond your personal perspective. So that's what we mean about create your own crystal ball is, is constantly be on the lookout for what's going on, what's happening, and how could this impact you personally? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really all about bringing it back to how it impacts each one of us personally, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how it, how it affects my neighbor next door. Um, you know, my life is my life, and my perceptions and what I'm going through is going to be different than anyone else. So, exactly. Exactly. So, well, Allison, tell us a little bit. You know, we, we know you're a speaker and you're a trainer, of course, and, uh, and we've already determined you're an amazing lady. Uh, well... So tell us how, you know, for those of us listening to the show that want to bring you in or work with you, tell us a little bit about the different ways that we can engage to work with you. Oh, thank you, Dallas. Well, my my area of expertise for the last 15 years has come from, as Dallas, you mentioned earlier, you know, working in the hotel business and actually starting my, my career in television production and moved into public relations. So my area of, of expertise is how to communicate under pressure. Uh-huh. And I work with individuals. I work with companies. We work on everything from just knock them dead dynamic presentation skills. And that would be for what we call SMEs, subject matter experts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I work with a lot of those myself mm-hmm. on, their, on their business etiquette and professionalism. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just give you a hint. There's no such thing as a boring topic. There is only a boring Oh, I, yes, I agree. I've, I've heard some of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and then we, I work with groups on uh, how to be assertive without being pushy, mm-hmm. conflict resolution, a lot of really fun areas that deal with communication. I also work with groups on priority management. And I use Julie Morgenstern's amazing, amazing books. I'm um, one of three licensed professionals in the United States that uh, we are licensed to use her tools. So I teach time management. Oh. And, and again, that so much of time management involves, believe it or not, communication. Oh, <laughs> yes. Doesn't everything come back to communication, really? You know, it, it does in my book. Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> what do we want to communicate? What someone else is hearing and what was actually heard? 
<laughs> you know, it, it's those things that, you know, the, the dynamics, because so much can be misinterpreted, so much can be miscommunicated, mm-hmm. and that's why we have to pay such special attention to it, for sure. So It, it is, it is. And Dallas, like you, I'm really excited. Uh, for many, many years, I've wanted to pursue the motivational speaking part of my business, uh, mostly to women's groups. Mm-hmm. I speak to a lot of women's groups. I have a great topic that you've seen me present called Real Women Have Chip Nails. Oh, I love it. And I said, no, no, real women um, don't wear nail polish. At all. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have time. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that and it was amazing. I loved it. And um, yeah, I'm really hoping I want to put together a conference under Purpose Without Limits for, you know, with for ladies down the road and uh, would love to have you share the stage. I think there's a lot of great things we can do to encourage Oh, that would ladies, be wonderful. So. I don't know if the audience would live to live through it, though. I don't know. With both of us, they might be knocked out, right? Oh, gosh. Have to take a take a sedative for that or something. But mm-hmm. but anyway, well, if there's anything, one last thing that, uh, that uh, we can leave our listening audience with today, what would it be if you had to give them just one nugget to, to remember? I'll go back to the not known is the new normal. And mm-hmm. just reminding people that, again, you know, opportunities present themselves in many, many, many different ways. So keep that, keep that perspective open when a loss or disappointment comes your way or something, an outcome wasn't quite what you expected. Look for that upside. What, what's going to be revealed to you that will bring, bring you a unique opportunity? Yeah, no, I think that's great. And uh, I, I know that myself, you know, I'll take that moment if it's not the same thing. And I'll go, you know, gosh, I wish that would have happened differently. But I can't wait to see what's around the corner. There you go. Yeah. But I know there's something special out there for me. Right, And right. I'd also like to invite people to visit our website. Okay. Which has got great videos. It's got book discussion, um, book club discussions, and some, just some great articles. But you can find more out at www.upsidethebook.com. Dot com. Upside the book dot com. Fantastic, Allison. Well, thank you again so much. It's awesome, and I can't wait to get together with you and do one of these exercise classes. And uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so now that you're here in Birmingham for a little bit before you get on the road again, so but I just can't uh, thank you enough for being with us today. And certainly, our listeners can uh, definitely. I want to encourage you guys go to that website again. And Allison, give it to us one more time. Upside the book. UpsideTheBook.com. Thanks so much, Allison. Thank I appreciate you so it. much, Dallas. Well, my friends, it's that time again. Time to say goodbye. But as you know, we'll be back again next month with another amazing guest. I certainly hope that you enjoyed the show today. And remember to go to the website um, and check out Allison's book, The Upside. I think it will really be something to inspire you to give you those 29 tips for sustainable success. Remember, the whole purpose is to learn how to zig when life sags. And believe me, life does zag often. So with that being said, you know we're here to help you reach your true potential. Be sure to visit the website at PurposeWithoutLimits.com. Also, uh, if you want to go to DallasTeague.com, there's also a free goal-setting worksheet. So that should be able to help you get started as you start this new decade. So remember to always see new opportunities and never, never stop dreaming. Thanks so much. And until next time, have a good one. You've been listening to Purpose Without Limits with your host, Dallas Teague Snyder. 
Dallas is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. Visit MakeYourBestImpression.com for more information.